Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Turf Show Times, the podcast for Los Angeles Rams fans. You're listening to this right now. Did you know that you can listen to us on Spotify? So go to Spotify and subscribe to Turf Show Times there, or you can do it on your podcast apps. I have an iPhone. I have the podcast app. I can search Turf Show Times. Hit subscribe. That's how you can support us if you think the show is any good. And we're here three times a week, so hopefully that's enough. And uh, for those of you who are out there, Rooting for the Los Angeles Rams, and uh, what a time to be rooting for the Rams. I mean, this is being on the edge of your seat, as far as I'm concerned, um, as the Rams, you know, playing for their season, maybe this Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers, but win or lose, hopefully win, and then through the rest of the season, we'll be here every week with or an instant reaction to every game, uh, JB's last-minute thoughts every Saturday, uh, assuming the games are on Sunday, and this show right here, myself, Kenneth Arthur, and JB Scott, going to talk about the upcoming trade deadline on November 1st, talk about the 49ers game this Sunday, and talk about Cam Akers and what will happen there. So if you want to help support the show, help us grow, hit subscribe. That's the number one thing. And then uh, tell somebody if you'd like to uh, and uh, share that link. So let's get into the number one topic, I think, of the week. And that's going to be the trade deadline. Obviously, the Rams always active around the trade deadline or any time that less need can make a trade. He seems open to it, of course. Less to work with this year as there's no upcoming first-round pick. Not that that hasn't stopped less need in the past from being able to trade first-round picks. But to trade a first-round pick at this point would seem like malpractice of the NFL level uh, for a team that is three and 3-3 and, you know, unsure. Probably, you know, JB, let's start with there. Do you think that less need and Sean McVay are concerned that they will miss the playoffs? You know, I mean, they have a brutal uh, gauntlet of a schedule coming over the second half, right? But in a lot of ways, that gauntlet of a schedule looks a lot different than it did even at the beginning of the season. So, uh, you know, teams that you thought were going to be in contention, uh, just kind of been a weird year. Everyone's kind of three and three. There's not really any teams that stand out in a big way. So um, maybe you, you thought you'd have tough games against the Las Vegas Raiders and Los Angeles Chargers that, you know, those seem a lot like a lot more winnable games. And you know, the Seahawks really are impressing and in a way that a lot of people didn't expect. And you got to play them twice yet this season. So um, anything can happen. I don't think it's fair to rule it out. There's too many good players on this roster and there's too many good players that are performing below a level that you would expect out of them. And there's plenty of time to turn it around. Yeah, I mean, we are six games into the season, seven weeks into the season, going into week eight. This is 
typically when we'd be talking about, uh, you know, teams being in the middle of their season, but, you know, 17 games makes that pretty wonky. Uh, there is no midpoint necessarily in the season, although it is 18 weeks, I guess. So maybe between weeks nine and 10 is the midpoint of the season, but We've seen teams, you know, I, I I just wrote about the Eagles and the Rams this morning on Turf Show Times, drawing some comparisons there. And, you know, last season, the Eagles were two and five after seven games and they made the playoffs. Um, so that happens every year. You know, there's teams that start, you know, it wouldn't be that surprising if the Giants uh, at least, you know, didn't win the NFC East, maybe didn't even make the playoffs. You know, it seems like a team like the Giants at six and one, um, but winning by the skin of their teeth, uh, it would seem possible, you know, maybe they'd be a team that's not going to finish as strong as they look right now. And some of these other teams, like any team in the NFC West, uh, you know, maybe if the 49ers or Rams don't look as strong as they did last year, by the end of the year, that could totally change, you know, and, and we see that happen all the time, but for the Rams, you know, last season was an example of a team that more people were already saying that they had pushed all in by trading for Matthew Stafford and uh, you know, continuing to make a lot of big moves uh, going into the season where the Rams, you know, people were making fun of the Rams, even like how, you know, are you really that close to winning a Super Bowl? And then they didn't stop there, you know, adding Von Miller, adding Odell Beckham Jr. in the middle of the season. Um, where do you think the Rams would have finished last year if they didn't add Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah, I mean, the timing of Miller and his play down the stretch in the playoffs was so important. And, you know, Tom Brady had no time to throw in that divisional game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, yeah, in a lot of ways, I'm not sure you have the same ability to get pressure on the quarterback. And Von Miller played an important part down the stretch. And Odell Beckham Jr., uh, you know, the day after he signed, Robert Woods tears his ACL. Maybe in the weird fate of the world, that doesn't happen. If you don't sign OBJ or if you do lose Robert Woods and you don't have Odell Beckham Jr. to step up, that was a catastrophic level of production from the receiving core especially as Van Jefferson seemed pretty limited into the playoffs as well. So uh, those two moves really helped seal the deal. And, you know, we know OBJ was well on his way to being Super Bowl MVP before he got hurt in that game too. So, and then they just had to find a way to get Cooper Cup the ball, but things would have looked a lot different, certainly. Yeah. I mean, it certainly seems like you could even say, yeah, that, you know, maybe the Rams, would have it's hard to, for me to even like start to get in my head like what was the playoff seating and everything like right now but then I think about just that game against the Buccaneers and Tom Brady and it's like okay maybe that's where the Rams road would have ended or you know maybe it definitely would have ended against uh, the 49ers you know at some at some point it seems like that road would have ended without those players uh, but the Rams were what seven and one to start last year. Uh, and that's not the case this year. And it's kind of interesting to consider like, okay, well, you know, like the Eagles, again, like the comparison I made to the Eagles with the best record in the NFL, they don't just rest on their laurels. They trade for Robert Quinn. What were your thoughts on the Eagles trade for Robert Quinn? And, and do you think that the Eagles are by far the favorites in the NFC? Yeah, I don't think he was really a fit Robert Quinn for the Rams, just because at this point in his career, 
he really excels more when he has his hand in the dirt. He's not a three, four outside linebacker like the Rams are in the market for it right now, probably. And that's what ultimately ended Quinn's time in Los Angeles the first time around. But that Philadelphia pass rush is certainly dangerous. They're too deep on the depth chart and they can rotate guys and stay fresh and just get after your quarterback. And that is reminiscent of their Super Bowl team whenever they won with Nick Foles against Tom Brady. So, you know, they had Chris Long, a bunch of veterans, and they were able to go deep and just get after the passer. And uh, there's not a lot of teams that even have two good edge rushers, let alone four like the Eagles have, plus, you know, guys like Jordan Davis as well. So uh, Fletcher Cox, Uh, it's a scary group. And uh, I don't think the Rams play in the regular season, but it'd be a fun matchup in the playoffs if both teams end up getting there. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's interesting if if we're sleeping on the Eagles still, even though they're six and zero, because you know the big difference, maybe the only difference uh, between, let's say, the Bills and the Eagles. Uh, maybe the Bills have a better defense slightly. You know, we'll see what happens here with the Eagles' defense. They're I don't think that they're done making trades and trying to win the Super Bowl this year. You know, it's like again, it's like just like the Rams keeping adding to the momentum that they had um, it, the Eagles see themselves at this point now, especially looking at the giants at six and one, the Cowboys at five and two um, and knowing that, you know, that's how close the next group of teams is, you know, I don't think that they're done making trades, but maybe the big difference between them and the bills is just Josh Allen is considered maybe the best player in the NFL. Jalen hurts is not you know and it's like even if Jalen Hurts is having a maybe a quote-unquote breakout season he's still only on pace for 17 touchdowns which Josh Allen already has 17 touchdowns so it's not that quite that dynamic uh quarterback play through the passing game through the air where the the Bills and the Chiefs maybe are considered these more dangerous teams the Chiefs trading for Kadarius Toney this morning from the Giants um, what is your grade on uh, Jalen Hurts? Do you think that the Eagles have enough to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I don't really know what's going to happen that NFC East. You know, the Cowboys could be the front runners by the end of it. The Giants, I, you expect them to regress towards the mean, right? But if they stay in contention, that's going to be interesting. And, you know, the Eagles have looked like the overall best team in the NFL. That defense is aggressive and can force turnovers. And, you know, Hurts, these mobile quarterbacks, they just show you how big of a benefit they are. Whenever they can win third and short, fourth and short with their legs, they're extremely hard to slow down in the red area uh, just because, you know, you have to focus on the run first and then they can also beat you over the top. So uh, Hertz has been impressive. I think, you know, Tua and him both were much maligned heading into the season. And, you know, Tua's had a great season for the Dolphins. They've won a lot of games whenever he's been available. And Jalen Hertz has really elevated his game to the next level. So I think that's really fantastic for both of them. And, you know, hopefully they're, part of the next generation of these quarterbacks in the NFL yeah you know looking at the Rams you know it's it's been a bye week so you know it's kind of like trying to catch up and remember you know those feelings and those emotions again from the the previous few games and for me I don't know about you JB but I feel like it's it's kind of game in game out you know it's like in one you know ear out the other kind of where it's like in the moment and then in the aftermath, you feel like you have a grip on how good or bad the team is. And probably that's the overreaction time. You know, you're you're either too high after a win or too low after a loss. And for the Rams, you know, beating the Panthers, 
does that do enough to sort of feel like there's any, you know, this positive momentum? The Panthers just beat the Bucks 21 to three, surprisingly. Um, so maybe the Carolina wasn't quite as bad as we figured that they were. Um, do, how do you feel like going into this game against the 49ers, you know, and before the Rams consider making any trades, um, how do you feel about like, where the Rams are right now. Yeah, I don't know if the Panthers are just a great test. You know, teams that fire their head coaches and are just overall bad, uh, they can be pretty volatile. And, you know, the 49ers beat them earlier in the season, the first part of October, 37 to 15. And that's a that's a whooping. That's a clear victory. And then they come out and, you know, P.J. Walker is making some big-time throws last week against the Buccaneers, and they take down Tom Brady. So uh, Walker, whenever he played against the Rams in his first game, had you know pretty a week of preparation enough time right he didn't even try any passes down the field really it was all short passes you know dump offs to the back catch and run type you know opportunities but maybe that's the Rams defense just limiting their options and what they can do and you know Tampa Bay doesn't have the same level of pass rush they don't have Aaron Donald you know that's pretty much the Rams pass rush at this point right and uh, maybe you slow down PJ Walker or maybe you know, that's just a bad team and you can't put too much stock in it and you really should have beat them a lot more than you did. And you went into the second half trailing by three points. Let's take, you know, for some reason, I don't usually do uh, stuff like this or think this way or uh, do segments like this, but let's do maybe our uh, mid-season playoff picks um because I, I it seems so hard to predict right now I don't expect either one of us to be right because it, things are so tight everywhere and so unexpected and surprising and whether or not we expect bounce backs from Matthew Stafford Tom Brady Aaron Rodgers you know these are very vital questions to see how the NFC playoffs are going to shake up and you know I, it almost feels like thank God to not be in the AFC because in the NFC I just don't know what's going to happen. And in the AFC, it just seems like there's a, there's a lot of good teams or at least uh, teams better than how the Rams and a lot of other NFC teams feel right now. Um, so uh, how do you feel JB? Should we do some uh, midseason playoff predictions and then we'll see how off we were. Heck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Let's start with the NFC East. You know, we talked about it. We have to go with our gut here. Do you think the Eagles will win the NFC East? No, I don't. I think the Cowboys probably have the most aggressive defense. They have the best star players in Micah Parsons. And, you know, Dak Prescott, he's he didn't look great in his first return, but I think he's the Cowboys are going to probably come out on top of that division by the end of the year. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, you make a good argument. I was because I'm going with the Eagles, but you almost changed my mind uh, to the Cowboys. I'll say the Eagles um, just because – I think that on paper, they look better uh, going into the season because, you know, I think nobody really expected the Cowboys defense to be so good that they could win all those games with Cooper Rush. So they're surprisingly good to me, Um, whereas the Eagles, it's less surprising. So I'll just stick with them. Um, But yeah, tough division there. the Vikings are five and one in the NFC North. They have a lead over the Packers and the Bears were both three and four. Uh, do the Vikings hold on to that division? Yeah, I actually had the Vikings probably winning the division heading into the year. It was probably a hot take, but uh, the Packers were expected to struggle with this receiving core and it's been a struggle the entire season for them. Their offense really looks uh, offensive at times. 
you know. But I don't think the Bears, the Lions are probably dead in the water. This is a the Vikings division to lose, but they certainly are the kind of team that can, you know, step on shoot themselves their own foot. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm going to agree with the Vikings, although I feel like this could be a, almost like a trap, you know, just because classically, historically, uh, these things do happen sometimes. And then ultimately the Packers come back and, and pull it out or, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings just, uh, you know, fall apart or collapse and, you know. I guess, you know, with Kevin O'Connell, maybe uh, a different tune this year. And certainly we're not seeing the Packers that I thought uh, we would see. Uh, So that is also surprising to me because I definitely had the Packers uh, maybe maybe not just number one in the North, but number one in the whole NFC. So I don't look very good right now. um, And I am going to switch to the Vikings uh, in the North. Uh, NFC South, who knows? The Bucks are three and four. The Falcons are three and four. Uh, the Panthers are two and five. The Saints are two and five. So not even Panthers and Saints can count themselves out of making the playoffs this year after seven games. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, would seemingly be the team that has the advantage because of Tom Brady, but that doesn't seem to be an advantage lately. Who wins the NFC South? Yeah, Tom Brady can make us look silly. Or He's had these stretches in his career, but what he, he struggled and then turned it around, right? But I'm going to ride with the Falcons. I've been so impressed with what Marcus Mariota's done and his you know, second opportunity as a starting quarterback in the league and paired with Arthur Smith and that dynamic running game. They're going to develop those younger receivers over the course of the season, and you know they could be a, a potentially frisky team heading into the playoffs. Do you think if that continues and, like, the Bucs finish 7-10, and 10, uh, should they should they continue with Todd Bowles? Obviously, they're going to lose Tom Brady, and uh, you know I think at that point. And so, would you start over and uh, all over with the head coach? Yeah, I think he deserves a head coaching opportunity. I, obviously, you know when Tom Brady's at the end of his career and he's gone, I I just don't think there's any coach I'd rather have than Todd Bowles in that situation. Is uh-huh. bringing in a new guy really going to make them that much better? Probably not. It's just going to be a clean rebuild. All right, our toughest call here, maybe, NFC West. Who do you have winning the NFC West? Well, I, I can't – I have to be honest with myself and just go with my gut, I guess. And But I, I have a hard time saying anyone but the Rams. But the Seahawks, definitely they're in the running more than you would expect them to be heading into the year. The 49ers are making those trades with Christian McCaffrey to make their own run at it. But uh, I just think Jimmy Garoppolo is too big of a limitation for that team. It's going to be between the Seahawks and the Rams. Yeah, it really is uh, so, once again, just hard to predict. It was very surprising uh, to me to see the Seahawks. I didn't even know that the Seahawks would win four games all year. I do think it's just so early in the year that by the end of the year, we might be going, that was crazy how Seattle was four and three at one point, or, you know, the 49ers were three and four at one point, you know, because if you win three of your last or four of your last seven games of the year, nobody even notices because you maybe you already started, you know, oh and nine or something. So it's like these things happen all the time, but it really stands out when they happen in the beginning of the year. And even though Seattle is getting such efficient play from Geno Smith and the offense, I mean, is it sustainable? Is it, I mean, the other thing is, I think all these teams have 
slightly easier schedules than expected. So it's just kind of like harder uh, to predict. And so I'm going to stick with the Rams, I guess, because we know that they'll probably do something. They might, they could be one of the teams that gets most aggressive at the trading deadline. Um, and, you know, I still think better days are ahead for Matthew Stafford because this, this is just so bad that I regression up has to be happening. What do you think? That's a good way to put it. I've been very critical of him so far this year, but you know, he's in terms of PFF grade, he's in like the low twenties to I guess high 20s and the low 30s in terms of ranking so that's just absolutely absurd whenever you look at the what he's done over the course of his career yes this offensive line is not it's not an excuse it's a reason for why he might be having a downturn in play but you just expect him to get better and you get Van Jefferson back uh you got to figure out the running game but he can't be any worse that's a very good way that you put that so yeah, I mean, it just seems uh, so low, you know, especially given some of the other quarterbacks and uh, teams in the league right now. It's so surprising to be basically 32nd in uh, early down offense and almost just bad across the board in every category, even though Cooper Cup is still productive or, you know, still as good as he was the last five years. So, um, yeah, very surprising. We'll We'll we we'll wrap up those division winners and then uh keep a wild card conversation later. Uh AFC East, we got the Bills at five and one, but the Jets are right there at five and two, the Dolphins at four and three, and the Patriots at three and four. Uh who do you have winning the AFC East? I love this Dolphins team. You know, they've won every game that two has started and finished, and uh that offense is really interesting. I think they can, you know, I I I'd pick them. But you got to keep Tua upright. You got to keep him healthy over the course of the season. I'm going to go with the Bills, although I must say I'm very uh, happy with my preseason prediction that the Jets would make the playoffs. Although I I expected that to be to be because Zach Wilson was taking the league by storm, and that hasn't happened. Uh, but the defense and and overall Robert Sala, the coach and and the staff, all that kind of stuff, have them at five and two. Uh, so like I said, we'll get to wild cards in a minute, but I really am happy to see the Jets making me look good on that one pick. As long as people ignore the fact that I said the, the Saints would uh, be the best team in the NFC. So um, if you can ignore that, just focus on my Jets pick, please. Uh, the AFC North, you've got the Ravens and the Bengals at four and three, and they're really the only ones in contention right now. Who do you have winning the North? I'll go with the Bengals. Joe Burrow looks so great right now. And that Ravens defense has had some significant problems in the secondary. So um, I don't really have a lot of confidence in them. I'll, I'll go with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Yeah, it seems like uh, the Bengals have rebounded from their early season slump while the Rams have not yet. Um, I'm going to go with the Bengals as well. I really question uh, if, you know, we do these confidence polls at Turf Show Times and all around SB Nation, and it's like, how confident are you in the direction of the team? I mean, if I was a Ravens fan, Every year, I mean, I feel like they they always do such a good job of drafting and they seem like so smart, but it's been so long since they truly have contended for a Super Bowl. Um, and even when they won the Super Bowl in 2012, it was like with a, such a mediocre team up until the very end of the year. Um, and 
I don't know. I don't know if that uh, formula that they've been working on is is going to get them a Super Bowl. So with Lamar Jackson potentially as a trade chip, it'll be interesting to see if he goes to the NFC where he might have more of an opportunity to uh, win a Super Bowl uh, or get to a Super Bowl uh, as opposed to the AFC. So it'd be interesting to see if Lamar Jackson uh, moves out of that division but it's not going to happen this year. I'm going to pick the Bengals. Uh, AFC South, uh, the Colts have benched Matt Ryan. The Titans lead the division at four and two. Who do you have winning the South? Yeah, the Titans looked dead in the water to start the year, dropped their first two games, and everyone was wondering what was going on with them, but they've really bounced back in a big way, and I think they have to be the favorite to win the division just because you don't expect the Colts to do much with Sam Ellinger. The Jaguars have lost a lot of close games. They're probably a pretty good two and five team, relatively speaking. And they might be, you know, frisky down the second half of this of the stretch. But uh, yeah, I think it's the Titans to lose. Yeah, the Titans are first in red zone offense, first in third down defense. Those types of things will help you win games, even if you don't have the most spectacular quarterback and you know, no spectacular wide receivers, maybe. Robert Woods, though, leads the team with 20 catches for 230 yards. He's not coming back to the Rams this season, as I know uh, some people wished could happen. Uh, but he is uh, the number one receiver on the Titans, leading the AFC South. That's the team that I'm going to pick as well. Um, AFC West, another tough division, but one that maybe, again, doesn't look very tough as opposed to the beginning of the year when people said, oh, the Broncos have Russell Wilson and the Raiders have Devontae Adams and the Chargers finally have, they have Khalil Mack and they have all the pieces together. Uh, but the Chiefs still lead the division five and two. Like I said, they traded for Kadarius Tony today. Who is going to win the AFC South, JB? Yeah, I think it has to be the Chiefs, but I don't really love many of the teams in that division. I think you know, this Chiefs passing attack, they just got Kadarius Tony, as you mentioned, but it doesn't seem to be as aggressive as it was in, in previous years. Uh, it's hard for me to kind of watch Justin Herbert with the Chargers. He's pathologically conservative, and, you know, with his skill set, it's you just expect so much more from him. And, you know, the Raiders, I'm really disappointed in their start to the year, but they've lost some close games. Uh, they probably deserve to – or they probably should be better, but they're not. And mm-hmm. you know, who knows what's going to happen with the Broncos. They're just falling apart. Yeah, and uh, the Broncos, you know, could be a team that opens a fire sale. They've traded away that their first and second round picks for Russell Wilson. So, you know, if they're going to be this bad, they might want to see, oh, can they get a first round pick for Bradley Chubb? Can they get a second round pick for Jerry Judy? Uh, Can they get, you know, a day three pick for K.J. Hamler? Probably some of those names could be on the move, especially if the Broncos lose this Sunday to the Jaguars and they've got nothing, you know, and and Russell Wilson's unclear to play this Sunday, probably will play, but uh, it's, it's interesting just how bad that team has been. And like you said, the Raiders have lost close games. Uh, They also haven't really like played a difficult schedule if my memory serves me right it seems like uh i don't know i mean they beat the texans most recently and they beat the broncos um and then they blew that game against the cardinals it's uh it's really interesting but i've never been a big fan of Derek carr we'll see if uh josh mcdaniels is any good of a coach 
Uh, obviously, they had so many years of bad drafting that it's hard to kind of blame them, uh, this current regime, for what John Gruden did, right? So um, they could be a team that gets really hot in the second half. I could see that. Uh, obviously, Derek Carr is capable. I just think that there's a ceiling with Derek Carr, which is the same ceiling I think there is with Kirk Cousins. Until we see them actually compete to make a playoff run, uh, I'm going to say that there's a ceiling there. Um, and with Justin Herbert and the Chargers, I mean, I, that was the team that I picked in the AFC, and it's not looking that good after their loss to the Seahawks. They just look kind of mediocre. Uh, and then they have injuries. Uh, JC Jackson out for the year. Uh, so kind of typical Chargers. Do you think, I mean, I talked to my Chargers fan friend and he, I'm like, is, is Brand Staley? I mean, if, if they, is he liked, I mean, do you want him uh, to be the head coach? Cause he, he did, he's doing okay. Uh, and he has this great reputation, but you would think the charges would be better. Do you think Brandon Staley is on the hot seat? Yeah. And, you know, Sean Payton was attending one of the games, one of the primetime games recently, kind of stirred the pot a little bit, but yeah, Staley has been a disappointment, I'd say. And, you know, he was only a one-year defensive coordinator with the Rams and he was impressive in that year. He really, they had the number one defense and he was a big part of it with his new scheme. But, you know, Reverend Raheem Morris comes in, and, you know, he's made a lot of impressive – he's still run the same scheme, but he's made his own personal touches that have been impressive in a lot of ways. And the entire NFL runs the same defense. And it just kind of seems like, you know, maybe it's a round peg, square hole type deal. And, you know, Brandon Staley, he's overly aggressive on fourth downs, and it kind of makes the charge a little bit predictable just because uh, they're not very successful whenever they do go for it often. And they kind of play for the fourth and short just to not get it. So – I definitely think he's on the hot seat um, just because this Chargers team has so much talent and they're underperforming, certainly. Yeah, I mean, it has to be that, you know, that has to be the feeling. And for the Chargers, you know, which usually the Chargers, they hadn't been that aggressive. And it feels like more recently with the draft um, and trading for Khalil Mack and making all these moves to finally say like, no, we're not going to lose a star player like Joey Bosa. We're going to pay him and we're going to keep Derwin James. And all these things seem to be going right for them at a certain point. And then all of a sudden they're not that dominant. You know, you get, you get Justin Herbert and then you're just not that dominant, even though most people consider him a top five, top six quarterback this early in his career. So it's not going to bode well uh, for Brandon Staley. I think if the chargers definitely, if the chargers miss the playoffs um, and you know, he was he had this pick of any job after his one season with the Rams, really. And he picked the team that had the most talent. So if you don't live up to that expectation, you know, that's um, those are the questions that are going to follow you, especially like you say, when you are so obviously aggressive and analytical in your decision making. Uh, it's not exactly a win for analytics until, you know, the Chargers they should be playing like the Eagles, you know, and uh, that's not the case so far. And the Rams do play the Chargers late this year. Um, three wild card picks, JB, in the uh, AFC. Uh, who do you think would be three teams that stand out to you for wild cards? Yeah, in the AFC, I think I'd go with the Ravens are a good bet. Um, I'll go with, uh, I guess I picked the Dolphins, so I got to go with the Bills, right? And, yeah. Uh, probably. At that point, I'm going to go with the Jaguars just because I think they can really oh. turn things around. I've been impressed by Trevor Lawrence. 
they keep losing these really close games. And yeah, they have a two and five record, but a positive point differential. And that's usually a good sign of things to come. Man, you really, uh, I, I, I was like, oh man, I'm going to surprise him with a Jaguars pick. And then you surprised me with a Jaguars pick. Um, I'm going to say the Jets, as I said earlier, the Ravens and the Jaguars. Uh, so yeah, we've got, we've both got two AFC East teams and we both got the Ravens and the Jaguars. So there you go. Uh, in the NFC, who would be three teams you pick out of the NFC? Yeah. So assuming the Rams win the division, I'll go with Seattle. And I picked the Cowboys win the division, I'll go with the Eagles. And I guess, you know, let's go with uh, – let's throw the Giants in there too. Daniel Jones gets his playoff opportunity. But yeah, three teams from the NFC East in that case. And uh, I'm going to say that I will go with the – Cowboys, since I picked the Eagles, I will go with the Seahawks, since I also picked the Rams, and I'm going to say the Packers are going to do well enough in the second half to uh, get into the playoffs over the Giants. Uh, Certainly, I think, you know, there are teams, like I said, they don't look as good right now that will make the playoffs and maybe even look good going into the playoffs. So that could be the Rams. Uh, And one way that that could happen potentially would be to get upgrades at the trading deadline. Um, We know that the Rams intend to to trade Cam Akers. Uh, JB, where do you stand at this moment on the Cam Akers trade opportunities? Uh, Ultimately, what do you think will happen there? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're muted. Well, I don't know if uh, we lost JB here for a second, but hey, uh, I'm here. So, so oh, I guess uh, my first question whenever you talk about the trade deadline is, what is Cam Akers' value even worth at this point? It's like, you know, the Jaguars just traded, you know, Robinson to the Jets for a six-round pick or so. You know, Cam Akers has vocally, and Sean McVay's contributed to this vocally voices displeasure and everyone knows he's on the hot seat he's on the trade market and at that point what investment can you recoup uh, out of that situation I, I assume it's probably going to be minimal he's probably going to be tossed in for any trade the ram any players the rams do acquire if that happens but certainly i think the rams need to acquire running back i don't think it needs to be a star player like a christian mccaffrey or someone of that caliber just because you've seen these mid-round backs in the fourth and fifth round uh, you know, teams aren't really spending premium draft capital to get them. So you can probably find a backup who's ready for a starter role and really plug in this offense and get an upgrade over Daryl Henderson and K-Makers, at least what you've seen out of them so far this year. But I don't think you can run to the second half of the season with, you know, Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, and whoever Ronnie Rivers is. 
Well, yeah, I mean, whoever Ronnie Rivers is, is also kind of uh, would be my concern with, you know, trading for some third string running back on another team. Uh, uh, although, yeah, you know, there are those other cases. I mean, if you're going to make a trade like that, then Kyron Williams is as good as any of those options, right? So uh, if not better. So it's uh, kind of interesting to see whether or not, you know, if the Rams were seriously that interested in Christian McCaffrey, um, you would also wonder if they had an interest in uh, James Robinson and and what they would have offered for James Robinson um, and thinking about what other running backs could be available on the market. You know, when people start talking about the, the Saints being bad enough to potentially trade uh, Alvin Kamara and uh, teams talking about Alvin Kamara and all of a sudden you start thinking well if there's a if there's a GM who's going to get overly aggressive at the trading deadline you would think it's going to be less need do you have any uh like what percentage out of a hundred percent would you say are the odds that less need makes a blockbuster trade this week I think it's almost 80 percent certain he's going to make some sort of trade uh I think I don't know if we're we're kind of in a weird way, the weirdness of the NFL this season where there's not really a lot of sellers. There's a lot more buyers. A lot more teams are hovering around that $500 mark, that 500 record mark. And, you know, they're not ready to tear it down. So maybe you're following someone like Daniel Hunter with the Minnesota Vikings heading into this season, thinking that if they didn't have a very good start to the year, might be able to lure him away. But, you know, the Vikings have a much better record than you do at this point at five and one. So that really, you know, makes things complicated but uh you know really there's only a few teams that are truly out of contention this year the panthers which someone like brian burns but you've been told that whatever price you you're willing to pay is not going to be good enough from them they're not going to sell off their best players and then you also have the broncos which someone like bradley chubb might be in the works but uh it's not official till it's official and who knows what's going to happen on that so um i don't between edge rusher and running back i think something's going to happen uh but in some ways, the Rams' success of making these midseason trades in the past has made it a little bit more difficult for him at this point in time, too. Yeah, you know, at one point, do the Rams have to pull it back and, uh, you know, keep the picks and, uh, you know, kind of admit that they won't be good at certain positions and they just have to make it work however they can make it work. And that's uh, what the good coaching is for. So, you know, that'll be a test here for the Rams and looking at, yeah, what they really could use or need and and what they would be willing to sacrifice. And, you know, I think Cam Akers at this point, being a player with, you know, questions of whether or not he'll ever be as good as he was pre-injury, questions of how good he was pre-injury, questions of, you know, his commitment and motivation and uh, willingness to buy in and the fact that the Rams have no leverage in any trade because they know and are public about the fact that they're trading him. So without anything other than a, you know, the only thing that's going to drive up the return of a trade like that would be interest, you know, supply and demand. And so how many teams are out there that are really telling themselves, man, if we just had Cam Akers, you know, we would be a better team. If they have questions about Cam Akers' willingness to buy in or the fact that Cam Akers wants to be a number one back, you know, how many teams out there have a content, are, are thinking that they are going to contend, need a running back, 
but don't need to, you know, but have nobody starting right now. That just doesn't really happen. You know, if the Broncos, you know, had lost Javante Williams and were five and two or four and three instead of two and five and looking like, you know, one of the worst teams in the league, then maybe that would be a situation where it's like, okay, there's a team that, uh, but I really thinking about it, just, there's just not that many places that Cam Akers could go without, you know, so I'm thinking this is like a seventh or a sixth round pick or something like that, or Cam Akers is a part of a bigger trade and so for me like that's where I think that Cam Akers future could be and for the Rams yeah it seems like if possible less need will make more trades and uh, worry about draft picks and, and players later but JB do you think that at what point do you think that the Rams need to consider how to build a team again with uh you know with several like really good draft classes. Uh, do you think that that's going to happen anytime soon? Yeah. And I think when we talked about this after the Panthers game, right with Chris Daniel, and he put it very astutely where he said, you know, the Rams championship window is open as long as Aaron Donald's on this roster. So for his, you only have him for maybe two more seasons at max, or he could walk away even if you're underwhelming this year. So as far as long as Aaron Donald's on this team, you got to keep trying to acquire these star players and keep that window open. And, you know, you can tear it down later and rebuild through the draft, but um, you got to keep him excited. You got to keep him involved because he's still the greatest player in football. That's true. You know, that's a, that's a fair point. And plus it's, you know, when you put this much into a team for a couple of years with contracts for Aaron Donald and Cooper cup and Matthew Stafford and Jalen Ramsey, you know, then you're saying these are years that we are trying to win the super bowl. These aren't years where we're going to be satisfied if we miss the playoffs. And right now, you know, the Rams are on the verge of missing the playoffs. If they don't win this Sunday against the 49ers, because if they lose this Sunday, then the Rams fall to three and four the 49ers improved to four and four. They'll have a two and O advantage over the Rams in the head to head matchup. They'll have an advantage in the division record, you know, tiebreakers. Um, and, you know, they will have had this, you know, another win, you know, it's just like looking at it from the sense of, okay, if the, if the 49ers can sweep the Rams, then they might be good enough to, you know, win the division and, you know, we already talked about the fact that you've got the Giants at six and one, you've got the Cowboys at five and two, and you've got the Eagles at six and oh. We both had two teams in our predictions out of the NFC East getting wild card spots. Those are the favorites right now. There's no other uh, winning teams in the entire, you know, no other. The next wild card is the Rams at three and three. And then you've got a bunch of three and four teams. So uh, the Rams will have to be in competition if they have to fight for a wild card spot instead of winning the division they have to fight between the Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and maybe the Vikings if the Packers come back and win the division and the Falcons and the Seahawks and so it's going to be uh very complicated if the Rams lose this Sunday to the 49ers how important do you think uh this game is you know can the can the Rams lose this game and rebound yeah, this game is incredibly important just in terms of the standings and the playoff picture. and But also it's just important 
because it's a divisional rival, a team that's had your number, and it's time to get the monkey off your back. And you did in the playoffs, and yeah, it's a it's a good quip for Rams fans to say, hey, well, we, we won the game that really mattered. But you, Sean McVay can't like getting beat down every single week by this every time they see this 49ers team. And, you know, the Rams always make these backbreaking mistakes on offense against this 49ers defense, and whether it's Jimmy Ward or Fred Warner or, you know, it's Tafanga last time. So, um, you know, that you really got to – you got to – they're your little brother, your big brother, whatever, and you really got to come out on top of this one, both for the standings and just the emotional benefit. This has been kind of a lost season so far, but this is the chance to really seize the moment and come back out and assert yourself as a, a contending team in the NFC. Let's remind ourselves a little bit about the 49ers um, and what has happened since the last game. Uh, the 49ers, week one, the wet game against the Bears, they lost 19 to 10. Week two, they pretty much dominated the Seahawks, uh, which, you know, feels much different than the way that the Seahawks and the 49ers have played recently, but they dominated the Seahawks in week two. Uh, week three, they lose to the Broncos on Sunday night football, 11 to 10, in one of the most boring games possible. Um, at least in my opinion, I'm sure some people think that 11 to 10 is cool or something. Uh, then week four, the 49ers beat the Rams on Monday night football. Week five, they blow out the Carolina Panthers, prompting the firing of Matt Rule. Week six, they lose to the Falcons 28 to 14, you know? So at that point you're thinking, I'm sure the 49ers were favored by a touchdown in that game. Uh, and then they lose, they get their asses kicked. And so it's right back to thinking, do the, are the 49ers good? And then last week they got blown out by the Kansas city chiefs, 44 to 23. So not even the defense uh, is consistently it's not a week in week out dominant defense because hey there's one week at where they were out so you know since beating the Rams 24 to 9 the 49ers have beat the Panthers which the Rams also did and uh, gotten beat handedly by the Falcons and the Chiefs so what 49ers team do you expect to show up this week do, are you down on the 49ers entirely it sounded like earlier when neither one of us picked the 49ers to make the playoffs that you were. I'm down on the 49ers when they play anyone else but the Rams. But you know LA is going to get San Francisco's best shot on Sunday afternoon, and both teams are going to come out fired up. And, you know, it, I don't know who's going to win. It's going to be 50-50, but I don't really like the 49ers' prospects moving forward after this game. You know, they they have a lot of injuries, especially in the secondary. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he just fails to elevate them whenever they're struggling on offense. And a lot of times they just, they're not very productive and that's going to do them in eventually. Yeah. You know, I just still cannot believe that the 49, I mean, they're so inconsistent. I mean, it's so crazy. The variability and the variance of the 49ers under Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch to be in the Super Bowl one year and then one of the worst teams in the league the next year. And just like in this season, oh, they're like the best team one week and then they're the worst, you know, the next. So that kind of inconsistency, you know, it speaks to, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it speaks to Kyle Shanahan's coaching a little bit. Uh, he's so inconsistent half to half, quarter to quarter, um, it seems like. And Yet, at the same time, the 49ers, you know, they've got Sean McVay's number. They've got uh, all of these um, 
very talented players. And then uh, you just don't know when it's all going to come together and show up on a Sunday. Um, do you think it's going to show up this Sunday? Do you think that the Rams with their bye week have the advantage and uh, will win this game? Yeah, you get that week of preparation. And the 49ers just played the Chiefs where they were in it through the first two, maybe two and a half quarters. But once Kansas City flipped the switch and they turned it on, they just raced right by the the San Francisco. So uh, you had a week to prepare, prepare. You're getting all these players back, you know, Brian Allen, Van Jefferson, Kyron Williams, maybe next week. Um, You know, you're not going to have Cam Akers and you're going to lean on Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown. Uh, Ronnie Rivers on the ground game but if you can get something going on the ground and take pressure off Matthew Stafford maybe he doesn't make that mistake that really you know spots the other team points that you can't overcome so I think the Rams are going to be fine in this game Uh, they're playing for a lot and they've got to they've got to be up to the moment yeah you know and uh, I don't look you want to be I want to say and it's time to show that uh, the Rams have home field advantage at SoFi Stadium. You know, it's like, because that's always a story. And uh, I think I think that's just not possible, right? Like, the 49ers are going to have more fans there. It's That's the case. They've, they've been in California for a very long time, been very successful. Uh, and a lot of people are, you know, transplants in Los Angeles. You know, but I think what the Rams have to be able to do is uh, prove that, yeah, they can beat the 49ers in any stadium, no matter where they are, if it's uh, on the road in Santa Clara, or if it's uh, at SoFi stadium, you know, that's really the opportunity to do that and to do it at a time when the 49ers look so bad in the last couple of weeks and the Rams, you know, have had the bye week they're getting healthier. They've got all those pieces in place. They've had all this opportunity. They've had a month to think about that most recent loss and uh, must come out with some sort of different game plan. Cause if they don't, and they do lose, like you said, they just have uh, way more to lose in this game. It seems like, so if they don't come out, you know, with a win, it's a it's a it's a it's a whole new question of what to do at the trade deadline uh, two days later. So I'll say that the Rams do win this game um, and that the you know, the offense needs to resemble a lot more like the Kansas City Chiefs and that potent offense, you know, because it's, it's easy to forget the Rams just won the Super Bowl in large thanks to the offense. Um, so. That's going to have to show up this week against the 49ers. Um, and I will also pick the Rams to win it. So, yeah, that's it for this episode of Turf Show Times, the podcast. As I said in the beginning, please hit subscribe and find us on Spotify and your podcast apps and do that every week. Uh, or you don't have to do that every week. You just have to do it once. We'll be here every week. Um, JB. Uh, final thoughts on uh, which Matthew Stafford we see this week. Yeah, I hope we see the version of Matthew Stafford we got in the playoffs last year. It really was the best football of his career where he balanced taking those aggressive shots down the field, but doing it in a measured way to limit those turnovers. And if that's a guy who shows up on Sunday afternoon, the Rams are going to be four and three and probably top of this NFC West division. Yep, absolutely. Um, So we'll be, uh, JB will be back with last minute thoughts and then we'll be back after the game this Sunday with the Instant Reaction podcast. So hit subscribe and check out turfshowtimes.com. 
when you're on the internet at all times. See you next time.